0: Fuck DVD. <laughs> Laser disc is here to stay. <laughs> Three, two. welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Portris. It has been some time since we've been here, uh, since the last Transformers movie, but uh, everybody's off doing their special important stuff. Matt's uh, still trying to uh, become the doctorate of film, the doctor of film. I'm going to know a Matt Smith who's going to be a doctor. That's kind of, I don't know, that, that makes me smile at least. Um... But uh, he's busy doing that and of course uh, we have a new uh, podcast up I don't know if everyone has been uh, hipped to that fun uh, podcast but uh, so we're, we're still putting out content we just haven't been putting it out on this actual uh, feed itself here but uh, what I want you guys to do uh, if you like this show and especially if you like superhero movies head on over to hero movie and there you'll uh, you'll you'll find our new show we're up to like kind of uh, well 10 episodes all told but uh, we've we've reviewed uh, you know the spider-man into the uh, uh, the new X Men movie. Where this August is huge for uh, for comic book movies. It's ridiculous. You have like last week we had Guardians of the Galaxy. This week we're reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and uh, a week or two after that we're going to be reviewing Sin City uh, too. So a whole lot of stuff's going on. So uh, definitely check that out. That's me, Sean Keenan, a frequent uh, co host of on this show, as well as. Um, uh, uh Bruce Leslie from uh, Heroes and Villains uh, podcast, com. Please check that out. Amazingly great show about uh, comic books and uh, the history of those. Uh, he's our uh, amateur uh, comic historian. And uh, great show, so please check that out. But uh, we're going to be changing formats a little bit up here. Um You know, it's very tough to get people in and review a new movie every single week. And uh, so we're still going to do some reviews here and there. Um, Obviously, that's kind of I I think that's always still going to be more or less the core of this show. But at the same time, uh, difficult to line up uh, people every time. So what I've decided to do is we're going to kind of expand out a little bit. We're going to be uh, we're going to do some interviews and stuff. You know, we did an uh, earlier uh, interview with a guy that uh, does the fantastic uh, website after the, uh, the the final curtain, where uh, he talks about the dilapidated movie theaters, goes through and kind of archives all that stuff in there. Really neat stuff. Uh, and so we're gonna do a bit more of that so we can have a couple evergreens so at least there's something that's gonna continuously go into this particular uh, segment I mean you know we, we, we got the new baby over there with hero movie pod and uh, we, we, we you don't want to you don't want you can't ignore the first baby when you have a second one because the first baby dies and if the first baby dies then uh, you know child services comes and uh, you're in trouble and so we don't want to do that or anything but uh, so we're gonna uh, we're, we're starting off today um, uh, so what we're doing is uh, this is um, we're we're gonna interview everybody, kind of like everyone from just kind of folks that are just like you and me to folks that are. Uh, I've got a couple of documentary uh, filmmakers uh, that want to uh, come on, take a, uh, a chance at the mic here, say a little bit of something here or there, and. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of save that fun stuff. But we're gonna we're gonna knock this out of uh, off the uh, gate here. I don't know. I'm really coming up and mixing a lot of shitty metaphors together. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, th- today's uh, interview is gonna be Brian Smoke. Brian, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. Now, Brian, uh, Brian and I worked together uh, a good while. But how many years ago was it? Now it's got to be what six? At
1: least six. Sounds at least a, that sounds about right. Maybe even more, maybe seven. I mean, yeah, maybe even more than that. You're right.
0: It's 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 been quite some time. But yeah. uh, we used to work together and everything. And you know, he was always the he was always the guy lurking back in dark and dank master control. This guy's seen me run down this uh, down the hallway with uh, you know giant cards full of beta tapes, slapping them in at the last possible second in news. So uh, you know, I've I've he's seen my embarrassing moments for sure, and and cursing and yelling and uh, you know, it's it, But that's all part of the fun of news, right? <laughs>
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you got to have that. You got to have it in there. And it's not even that way anymore now because it's all server based. Yeah, so now it's all server based. You just no push tape. a
0: button. <laughs> I mean, that was like. I don't know. I do, uh, and we'll talk about that today because Brian, uh, Brian's a big kind of he's a movie buff and everything. You're also I would I would I'd say you're maybe a VHS enthusiast. Would we Would that be Definitely. fair to say? <laughs> that's
1: true. That is
0: true. <laughs> so uh, we'll be talking about that in that kind of format and stuff. But yeah, that's something I do kind of miss. Like back in the day, was like uh, even just the tape to tape editing. I mean, uh, non linear is obviously going to be an easier, better thing for people to do, but at the right. same time. There is something that's very nice and tangible about kind of just slapping those jog wheels around and, you know, going back and forth. Something about that that was always kind of just, you know, smashing the in and out buttons and right. really kind of going through. I don't know. I mean, I only like old school editors really know what that kind of weird thing is and why, for some dumb, dumb reason, that's still kind of a a fun thing. You can't – it's not as tactile with, con, with the computer keys. It's better. Don't get me wrong. It's way better to do it with a computer, but, you know, you don't uh, – it's it's you know it, it's the old schoolness of it, and I mean, there's even older school guys than that that are just like we've been cutting film for our news. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> That's right. I'm the not quite-
1: the school that I went to in uh, uh, Bates Technical College. They still had the film, well, they had the film chain right before I got there. They just finally got rid of their film chain.
0: <laughs> See, I was like, I was at kind of like a, an unlucky time when I went to like, you know, broadcast school and then film school and stuff. And so like when I was in, uh, you know, I had just gotten through tech school and that was like just before the big nonlinear uh, boom started to hit. So we were still kind of tape to tape there. And then once film schooled, they had just stopped doing all the actual film splicing and stuff, but yet weren't – we were still shooting on film and everything, weren't with the actual digital stuff. So I went at, like, a really weird time, so it was difficult to kind of nail down exactly what I was going to be uh, doing. And, uh, like, I, it's like if I could have gone a couple of years earlier, I could have been with uh, Darren Lynn Bousman, who, uh, you know, directed, you know, the, several Saw movies. and, and uh right. So, he, he actually went to the same school I did, and I was just like, damn, if I could have gone a couple years earlier, I could have gone on, been in night dude's class. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But a couple years later, and then it would have been like, oh, I would have been totally prepared for the digital. I'm, I'm blaming myself in school for <laughs> my short my, my uh, career shortcomings, I guess. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk today a little bit about kind of, uh, it's going to be a mishmash of sort of things, and uh, like everything from VHS to kind of uh, cult movies, all kinds of things like that. um uh, uh, so let's start here uh, Brian where do you kind of uh, where do you get in on how does your how does your love of movies begin that's because I think that's what a lot of what I'm gonna have a lot of these kind of uh, these interviews be like is just kind of talk to people about uh, movies and film and what their passion is and what people are interested in and try to because everybody likes a little something different. And I I think to have people, because there's going to be some dude who's, like, who's all about the VHS stuff. And there's going to be a dude who's all about, you know, just, like, I love westerns or whatever it is. And, like, somebody has one specific thing that they're passionate about. And so that's what I kind of want to do with this. But, Brian, start us out on kind of, like, your basic, uh, the genesis of your kind of, you know, movie-loving life that we we all have. But what's yours?
1: Yeah, mine actually is. It goes back really early me that's the first movie i remember seeing in the theater my dad took me to it It was star wars when it first premiered when it opened in 77 i mean i was i was a little tight and the only i I don't remember the whole experience i just remember at that age little things like i remember r2d2 getting shot by the jaw was falling over and screaming (laughs) Uh, i remember the uh, cantina sequence with the the mat that also might play into my love of horror later because the whole, ma- you know, all the different masks they were wearing in the camp. Even though I know mean, George Lucas wasn't too thrilled about the way that that scene turned out, the way the latex appliances looked, or whatever. Oh yeah. But that stuck out in my mind. And then also the trash compactor monster. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: was- I tell you, that's 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 not a bad first memory to have for sure. <laughs> it's like, oh, what was your first memory? Oh, Star Wars. You know how that is. <laughs> not a bad course, one to start out with. No. And
1: then, of course, all the Kenner action figures, you know, that were out. I had all of not all of them, but I had a vast majority of the action figures that came out for the first Star Wars movie. Burger King glasses for Star Wars movie and then Fire Strike when they came out. Uh, so, I mean, that would be, I guess, my first memory of going to the theater and, and enjoying film. After that, it was TV movies, too, at that time. Uh, as far as my love of the horror genre, probably would have started with reruns of Universal movies. Back when I was just, you know, still like okay, six, so it seven goes years back home. all
0: the way to the kind of genesis of of horror films, really.
1: Yeah, at that point, you know, of course, I I liked them, but you know, I wasn't obsessed with horror at that time. It was just uh, any time that there was a Universal monster movie on, I would be watching it. if I knew about it. Being uh, and then Jaws, whenever that, I didn't see that in the theater, of course, but on TV when it was, you know, was the big Monday night movie specials and all that stuff that the the big three networks would put on you know they would usually have a movie on one night of the week or something
0: no and, one does that anymore. No, no oh. real stations like really drop the kind of the the big movie thing like they used to do back in the day. That's kind of sad right. that that's kind of a, a bygone thing. And you know the kids out there that you know, I mean, granted there's a lot of more access to a lot more films than there ever were before previously, right. but at the same time, you know, where just like some you know think think some like poor kid that doesn't you know the only thing he's got just a pair of you know good rabbit ears on which you can actually get right. high definition video over now, which is Pretty awesome, <laughs> but you know how amazing would that kid's life be if he like you know saw Jaws at the age of eight, just watching on you know network television or something. Absolutely, in, <laughs> yeah, in that was in widescreen, and you know it's like high def. I'm like what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but of course. then back then, though, it was all pan and scan.
0: <laughs> and we'll get we'll get into some good. of the pan and scan stuff uh, once yeah. we kind of delve into our VHS bit. But right. Uh, right. so now. Then so so it kind of went through that sort of thing. Now um, now when you so you like horror and stuff. What what would you kind of consider your genre more or less? Well, what's your? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm sure you like most most everybody. You're kind of all over the map with a lot of stuff. But uh, okay. horror dudes, they tend to like usually. It's it's like the um, it's like the deleted scene in Pulp Fiction with. Um, the 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 two um you know uh vincent sitting down on the couch and everything and mia comes up with the the video camera and she's giving the little interview and stuff and she gives right. the beatles elvis it's like elvis fans can like beatles and Be- beatles fans can like elvis but you know at one point or another you have to draw the line and pick one now
1: That's right star trek forward star exactly <laughs> exactly you
0: can like both but and then no one likes x-files fans but i'm an x-files fan so i like <laughs> I, I had that with a girl that i was in high school she was an x-files fan and we were talking and it was just like i know likes like those x-files fans do they no but we, we we, you know, we all like that. But uh, um, but so I, I find horror guys to be very much also the same way. Everybody can like everything else, but what do you lean towards more than any other?
1: As far as the genre, yeah. Oh, horror is definitely my thing. Uh, I'm pretty eclectic, though, when it comes to movies in general. I mean, I, I like some mainstream stuff, too. Of course, but cult films in general, horror films specifically, would be the genres that, you know, that I'm really into. And uh, I could even pinpoint where that pretty much started from as far as my going from a casual horror fan to pretty much full-on obsession, you know, would have been George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first time I saw that was on video back around 85, somewhere mid eighties or so, 84, 85, somewhere in there. And I remember the night I rented it. was me and my cousin rented that movie. And this Italian horror film called buried alive by Mm. the director's name. I didn't know at that time. I wouldn't have known, but went on to, you know, watch a lot of his stuff. was Joe D'Amato. And he's a, He's known for his, some of his horror movies and some other stuff. You know, a lot of Italian, sleazy Italian horror movies, pretty much. Uh, but that those two movies pretty much started off my jump from a casual fan. Because after that, I started buying Fangoria magazine, you know, going to the video store regularly and just searching through the horror section for whatever I could find. And stuff, Usually looking in the back of the Fangoria magazine would have reviews. They would, you know, kind of point you towards certain movies you should you know, maybe look for if you were looking for certain directors or whatever, what have you. And so I would scour the video stores at that time, and that's when it became full on um, horror fans at that point.
0: Yeah, there was there was definitely stuff like that. You had you know your Fangoria, your like famous monsters and and mm-hmm. things like that. And that's another thing that's kind of just been a a, a, a bygone thing. It's Fangoria. I know at one point they were like toying with the idea of actually. Are they still in print?
1: Yeah, Fangoria is still in print. Because I, I knew uh, that one
0: time they were like kind of thinking maybe they maybe they should maybe they yeah. shouldn't.
1: Yeah, they, were, they switched over, the uh, editor changed, uh, you know, from, I mean, at one time it was Tony Timpone, I mean, he was he was keeping it out there in the 80s, I remember, for a while, uh, doing the convention thing and all that, and then at some point, I don't remember exactly what the year was, but yeah, I know there was a time when they were almost going to fold, and then it switched hands, somebody else carried the torch for it, so it is still in print. Uh, also in the 80s, there was a magazine uh, offshoot. Now, uh, well, Fangoria itself is an offshoot of Starlog magazine. Um, so you remember right. that one, right?
0: My my dad, like my dad, was a huge Starlog subscriber, and uh, we still have just boatloads of them, kind of uh, back over in the uh, over in the corner in boxes and stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. especially a lot of the you know seminal ones, you end up definitely keeping. But there's a lot of right. like Star Wars. But he was like a, he was a huge Starlog a Starlog fan. Oh,
1: okay, and yeah, and Fangoria, I know was sort of a sister publication of that. I know they decided to go with that because they thought there was a big enough market for horror that they could get a magazine published every month. And then later in the 80s, I like think around 87, Pangoria put out a sister magazine called Gorezone, which was catering more to Splatter, more underground horror movies and things like that, which was what I was kind of getting into at that point in time, too. And so I started buying that magazine religiously. And they actually started publishing that again, too, but more of a, I think it's just a subscription on one. Right hey. I'm not sure how many issues they've got out now, but. But yeah, they, i guess—they were doing well enough
0: that they decided to revive the GoreZone magazine. Interesting. I—I I, I did not know that. Now, what is it about? What is it about horror fans? Help me help me figure this out because this is um, horror fans. I think I, I love them because they are some of the most dedicated people that I've ever met. Some <laughs> yeah, of them. That's... I mean, it is—it's such an obsession with them. Where where does that really come from? Because there's so many people that, like, I always say, like, I mean, you hear a lot of the uh, early um, filmmakers and stuff that come out, they put out horror films and stuff because they're the easiest to get produced, because mm. unlike any genre that exists out there horror fans will go see something that they know absolutely nothing about. There's no stars, there's no director, there's nothing for anyone to go on because I mean, you know, everybody goes, "Oh, Tom Cruise is in this movie this weekend. Let's go see this Tom Cruise movie." Or, you know, there's there's no there's no underground, you know, rom-com. Uh, You know, you you don't see low budget rom coms (laughs) where people are like, let's go see this. There's no subculture underground that just goes, oh, man, what what kind of like no name actors are that? I mean, I mean, the closest thing you can maybe say is mumblecore, but that's not but that doesn't even remotely come (laughs) close. But what is it about the horror genre and horror fans that get them to have this kind of level of obsession with this stuff that kind of is really unparalleled? I think. What? How do you do? You, can you? Do you have a thought? I, I don't know. I always need. I always want to ask people that.
1: <laughs> uh, I would say it was kind of a. It's sort of like a roller coaster ride. This is what I remember hearing, George Romero talking about the horror genre and horror fans, and I kind of agree with. It's like a roller coaster, you know. You, and you don't see what's coming all the time, right? You're, it's sort of a. You know, you you don't have the actors like you're saying the name actors to go to. But what you kind of do have are directors for one thing. A lot of horror fans will, you know, point towards a certain director. You know, I want to see Romero's films, or I want to see, or you can even, even go more underground than that. Uh, Or you know, you got the Italian horror. You have all these other foreign markets. So it's like it's not just one niche that you could just grab onto. You got all kinds of different areas you can go into. And then you have horror fans that are pretty much. You don't have. I guess you have some that are. Uh, I only want to watch slasher movies because. I don't want to read subtitles, or I don't want to. I don't want to watch movies that are dubbed, or I don't want to. You know. So everybody's got their own little, I guess, thing that they like the best. Uh, but the horror genre has so much to offer, I guess, in all countries. I mean, yeah, every country that puts out movies is pretty much putting out at least some horror movies too. I mean, you can like, you might not be able to get comedies. Certain countries, and you, know, you might not be able to get the subtext there of why certain things are funny or whatever, but horror movies are pretty much universal. You can watch a horror movie from Italy, you can watch one from you know Mexico, you can watch one from Spain, you can watch one from whatever country, and it would be dubbed whether it's dubbed or whether it's subtitled. You can enjoy the, the entertainment of it as far as the scare factor or the gore or whatever it is, you know. So, I think it's sort of a universal mm-hmm. genre.
0: So I guess it's kinda of like I guess sort of fear kind of transcends all sort of boundaries in a way. We all and that's the thing, and, and, and I'll be I'll be the first to admit, like that was um I came to horror movies and stuff very late in, in, in life compared to most people, you know, my age. My age a lot of a lot of people came through and, you know, like eight, nine, ten, they were like, you know, they were watching all the Friday the thirteenth movies and then Nightmare on Elm Street and all that kind of fun stuff. Yep. It was something that like you know, well, when I was very young, I was—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll straight up admit it. I was a little chicken. I was a—I was a little chicken child who got scared to death of everything. And and as I kind of grew a little older, then I got a little bit kind of jaded towards what I thought the idea of horror films certainly were. And right. that was—it was a genre that I had like written off from almost a kind of snooty, douchey sort of standpoint, really.
1: Where it was just it's like,
0: not- why would I want to watch these? They're they're dumb. They're like they're low budget. Why would I? Why would I even right. want to mess with it? And it wasn't until kind of like really my late teens and early twenties where it was just like something kind of clicked for me, and it was like, wait a second, no, this is this is I I've been short shrifting this whole entire genre here. Because, I mean, like, I, you know, I was a fan of kind of like, you know, like you said, like Universal-type stuff and Hitchcock and, different, you know, classy, uh, you know, horror-type stuff. Yeah. But I'd written off a lot of the kind of B-level and schlocky-type stuff as just things that were not to be taken seriously. And being able to go through it, like, once it hit, like, right around that time, it was like, oh— well this can be fun. This is an entertaining thing and it was. It was that it was that roller coaster element that you're talking about that you have that kind of hey no this isn't just a, like you know being scared is fun. Being like having those endorphins rush is is what you know helps you ultimately feel alive. And so right. it is what those things are. It's like getting those jump scares, getting those moments where you're tense <laughs> and being able to release those things out. And, you know, listening when you're in a horror film, like in a theater, go to a theater and listen to the listen to the audience. Don't listen to the soundtrack. Listen to the audience. Listen to how much laughter is coming out of there. Right. Because right. there's so much. they're laughing much. at things,
1: too, that you wouldn't even think you would laugh at. Right. You're, they're laughing at kill scenes. They're like, they, why, yeah, why exactly. would you laugh at a kill scene? It's because I don't know. It's that uh, group. The group thing,
0: you know. Well, it's it's the thing too is that it's it's that kind of it's that mindset that comes to you that's like um, you know it's a defense mechanism. It's right. it's a huge yeah. defense mechanism with us is that we laugh to kind of go through and tell us in in their own minds in you know in in headspace and everything that we're safe. We're safe right. now. This isn't really happening. We're aware that this is a movie. This is a thing that's not going to be happening to us. And that laughter just gives off a kind of like, huh, I'm not really scared. Everything's fine. I know right. everything is and it's it's amazing then like I mean there's 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 and a lot of times there's more laughter in horror films than there are in any comedies out there. So yeah, and I would agree. And and no and no, <laughs> I can't think of any other genre that has uh, more people talking back to the screen than horror films yeah. out there. I don't, don't go think up they're... there.
1: What are you doing? Well, you don't go up in the attic.
0: <laughs> the, I, you don't see yeah. that with any other thing, no. and uh, and I I, I kind of like that. But um, now let's see. Uh, so VHS. Let's 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 go in. Let's delve into that a little bit. How did your kind of? I mean, obviously, you know. There's been uh, there's been a couple of documentaries out uh, recently. Uh, rewind this and adjust your tracking. Two f- uh, fantastic documentaries. One of them uh, we've actually I think at least one of them we've reviewed on uh, the film find uh, way back. So kind of search the archives for that. Uh, but. Um there, there, so there was a giant boom of 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 home movies, and the fact that you could actually see things at home now, and that's like like you said, there was back in the day where you had you know if you wanted to watch a movie, you either a you ended up seeing it in the theater, or b you saw it you know on a Saturday night movie or whatever it happened to be, right. and those were your chances to see it, and if you didn't watch it, then you're kind of out of luck. Yeah. And Unless you're you have like have one to, of those yeah. eight millimeter kids, like All right, yeah. <laughs> that could really like if you you know if you if somebody in your family had a little bit of bread who could really put together something like that, and you can get an eight and maybe if you're super lucky a sixteen millimeter print of something, oh, yeah. but even that was like super. Nobody had that for the most part. I mean, a couple of. No. A couple of uh, very nerdy folks did, but uh, very few and far between. So obviously, when you know VHS, it was obviously the VHS beta war and stuff like that. And when VHS kind of won out and everything, it was such a boom to the industry. And uh, so, where did your kind of obsession with that, with with just I guess the media per se, come about? How did that come about for you?
1: Uh, well, for me, as far as VHS, uh, and as far as it, me collecting it now. I pretty much never stopped buying it, I guess you could say, because my I remember our parents' first home video machine was a Betamax. Mm-hmm. I mean, right before VHS took over the market, I mean, my parents bought a Betamax machine probably because they were cheap and they didn't realize, you know, VHS was going to take over Betamax So They just thought, hey, this Betamax machine is cheap. You know, we can buy this. We can get a we can get a VCR now. And I remember we got that. At that point, there was two video stores in town that still dealt with you know lending out beta tapes uh so we had membership to both of those but they were limited and of course nothing else new was being put on beta <laughs> so eventually you know, they they eventually bought a vhs deck and uh from that point that was somewhere around the i guess mid 80s early 80s mid 80s around there and like i said earlier like i mentioned earlier when i first saw dawn of the dead on video that was when you know i went to the video store often before that but you know i'd get whatever i'd get star wars again or i'd get a uh, Bruce Lee movie or something which I still love all that too but at that point when I saw Dawn of the Dead and that Joe D'Amato movie I was talking about called Buried Alive something else clicked there and then pretty much went from just regular movies whatever new was out to horror and I was always in the horror section so I was like a video store kid at pretty early age to the point where my parents would like what are you ready to go yet? come on let's go you done Um, and they're looking at the back of the covers Reading it, trying to figure out if I wanted this movie or not. It got to the point where they would drop me off at the video store and go do <laughs> what they needed to do, come back a few hours later. And I'm, you know, sometimes I'm still not ready. I'm still back there, you know, yeah. digging through stuff. That is probably where the initial love, well, that's where the initial love of, of horror and VHS started because, uh, back then in the eighties, they had, a, uh, am probably sure you've heard this term referred to big box VHS, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just an oversized, garish artwork, oversized box, basically just to promote to make it stand out, you know, against the little, the which would be, re- f- f-
0: which would be futurely regulated to porn. then. <laughs> yeah, actually I think it was started before. Was it, was that it a porn thing? That. Did it start with that? Yeah, I think it started with that. Cause I remember and seeing then, like giant, the giant porn ones. Those, those yeah. are the ones that I first at least remember seeing off the bat.
1: Yeah. I think they started that and then uh, it kind of trickled out to horror and some other cult movie. I mean, you never saw like, you never see a big box version of, you know, Star Wars or whatever. I mean, there was some book. There was a book box. I remember CBS Fox uh, put out Star Wars to begin with on the home video, and they, they had a little oversized case, but it, and it would open like a book, right? And you take the tape out. Uh, but you didn't really see big mainstream movies putting them out that way. It was really it was cult underground films, horror movies, and stuff that wanted to push their product out there and get it in everybody's eyes, big, you know, make it bigger, garish artwork on the cover and whatnot, uh, titles like uh, you know, make them die slowly or terror on tape. And,
0: Things Dr. that don't Booker even come close to being exactly what you're seeing at all. And that was one of the things, like, even though I was not, you know, I, I passed off horror and, and whatnot for, for a myriad of reasons. Uh, that was something that, you know, boy, you could not help but just love uh, horror box art. And there's right. always oh, yeah. so many things that were just so iconic. I mean, shit that I've never even seen before. But like, I know the cover because I've seen horror it a million movies. times. And like, you know what the cover of Dolls looks like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know what this is, but I've seen this cover a billion times. And uh, there, yeah. there was I, there, no one was better at that than than horror companies for sure.
1: Oh yeah, it's kind of like the judging a book by its cover, right? I mean, one the videos. You know, if you had a good cover, and you could totally lie about the content of the movie it might even not even be the movie might you know, the words on the cover don't even have anything to do with the movie you're talking about but as long as they got that you know that advertising out there then it's going to rent you know and people they don't care if it's a shitty movie or whatever you know uh so yeah it definitely works as far as advertising uh, now the movies themselves that's uh i guess you'd say uh a matter of taste <laughs> i like because some some DHS collectors will don't even watch the tapes they buy some don't even have VCRs you know they'll collect it just for the straight up nostalgia of the box art or whatever the case may be that's not me I I watch all my tapes even at the danger of it snapping you know inside the VCR I mean I would hate for one of my tapes to get eaten especially you know you can't replace some of them out and this is another thing we go into the cost of some of these movies that are you know from back in the 80s these big box tapes and everything they just the price has pretty much skyrocketed and it's you know it's it's just because of the nature of I guess, sort of like bandwagon jumping, whatever you want to call it. There's sort of a hipster uh thing going on with VHS right now where it's you know it's cool to have VHS, so people that never were into it before are like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna start collecting VHS. So, of course, mm-hmm. that raises the price up. Some of these tapes that you could buy back when DVDs first came out, uh, that was that was a great time to be buying VHS at the time. And I was like I said, I never stopped buying it, I was buying VHS back early back when you could. Uh, buy them in Kmart. You know, go to Kmart. You could find some tapes, even though it was like they were usually EP copies. You know, recorded in <laughs> extended play and crappy quality.
0: This looks great. Enjoy.
1: Yeah. There's four <laughs> films. There's four There's, films
0: on this one tape. Ugh.
1: That's right. Oh, and I was guilty of that as a kid too. I, you know, recording stuff off the of TV. I, I'd record. You remember Spider-Man with Nicholas Hammond? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anytime that would come on, like Superstation. I think it was a lot, Superstation and WGN would run that a lot. I would record it. Godzilla movies, same thing i record, Of course, i would recorded an EP because I get four movies on the table.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Strategy. You're just like, why would I want to only have one on here? That's right. silly. As a, <laughs> as a youngster, you have no clue. You're just like, four right. verses like two. Well, why would I not do this one? This would be, it would be ridiculous right. of me not to do so. All right.
1: But then you wonder later on why can't I? Watch, why is my picture always rolling? I can't watch
0: the thing. <laughs> <laughs> this looks terrible. Why is that? Oh yeah, there's four things on this one tape. That's why it looks. Do you remember this was? This was always fun. Do you remember like taping like movies and stuff or whatever on on TV? And my dad was the king of this. Of mm-hmm. uh, he would just be able. He would he would tape all. He would like he would cut every commercial out. So many oh, yeah, people yeah, let yeah, the yeah. commercials run. Dad was just like he was on so yeah. he was ready to go with that pause button just boom pause yep. it out there and then come back boom right into it and he was he was always good i'd look back at those tapes and i'm like how is he <laughs> so on point with all of this stuff it was it was i mean I, I don't know why that was such an amazing thing for me to marvel at but it was just like he is good at this man <laughs> <That's why laughs> well
1: i, guess I admit I- right here that no i was not always good at it because i would pause it for the commercial sometimes after the commercial started right but sometimes i would forget to unpause it oh. so here we are you know I think it's like five minutes late, some, whatever it is. At some point, it would start recording again, or it would start, or I'd remember to start recording again. It would stop. That's what it was. If you had it on pause for too long, the head yeah. would drop out and stop. And sometimes it would stop, and I'm like, what the, you know, and then I have to hit record again. Here, I've already missed like, you know, two or three minutes of the movie.
0: You hear the meh, so yeah, meh, and you're like, what's going on? Did we get to the end of the tape? That was a new tape. How is this? You pull it out. Oh, there's plenty of tape. Oh, crap. Throw it back in and just, oh. well, yeah. we're missing 25 minutes, but whatever. <laughs> I'll never see it again otherwise.
1: (laughs) Oh, and setting the recorder. Remember that, too? Yeah, because there would be some stuff I'd want to record It come on at, like, 4 in the morning or something on school (laughs) night. So I'd have to set the timer, and that didn't always work out well.
0: (laughs) Now, you mentioned about, like, kind of this nostalgia thing and the – kind of collector aspect ratio uh aspect of all this kind of stuff i was gonna say i I don't know why i said aspect ratio but we'll get to that in a second um but with with that kind of thing what what is what is that because like i mean i know people that are even younger than me that are like and and sounds like i'm kind of being douchey here and maybe i am i don't know but uh a couple of years. I mean, like I said, the, those two documentaries came out kind of almost almost back to back. With uh, re, adjust your tracking and rewind this, and uh, both people behind those films, excellent excellent guys. I, I've oh, yeah. met both of them. Yeah, uh, I know them
1: online and everything. I kind yeah. I help them promote that stuff online too. And, so uh, good, great, good, good, dude.
0: And uh, but like when that came out, I definitely amongst my kind of nerdy friends saw a big kind of resurgence in VHS kind of stuff. And uh, look, I I'll go ahead and admit I'm a, I'm a little bit guilty. I would end up going to the last word here in Charlotte and kind of a used bookstore, and they had a whole thing. So, but I would like I, I'd go through and pick out things that I never really would have picked out before. Uh, right. You know, just kind of like Euro crime type movies and things oh, like yeah. that. I, I know you saw the, the thing on Instagram a while back of the uh, Steel Hands or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, just kind of yep. a Terminator early '90s kind of oh, Terminator yeah. rip off sort of flick, It's yeah. just pretty awful. Great cover, yep. awful, awful movie. Yeah, hands of steel. Yeah, hands <laughs> of steel. That's the name. Yep. I couldn't remember. Yep. It was <laughs> that. Me- it was that memorable of a film. Uh, <laughs> that I'm just like, I don't know what the hell it's called, and it's just like, oh, is a uh, Brian Dennehy in one of these things? All right, well, it's uh, yeah. You look at the back, and it's just like. Oh, okay, all right. Stacey Keach is in this. All right, I'll pick that up. I like Stacey Keach. We'll, we'll watch one of the. And I'm I'm just as guilty, but like I don't go into super thing. I have like you know I became a giant collector of DVDs when they came out. Now that be, that honestly beca- uh became because you know DVDs came about you know when uh, I was a fairly early adopter with that. So I was like 17 when uh, they kind of hit big enough to where it was affordable for us to you know actually buy a player because they came out in 97 we got our uh, our first dvd players like you know kind of 98ish around then to when they dropped to be about you know like 300 bucks or something oh, yeah. and uh, so we were fairly early D- D- dvd adopters and that kind of like really that spurred me and like and like my entire family's kind of like collection of movies again we had a decent sized vhs collection but uh, like it grew exponentially with dvds now what is it about VHS and uh, you know and but, but there was a reason that v- that uh, DVDs for me at least were a- as successful as they were in in kind of the marketing of the new format was because you have a picture that's going to be so much clearer. We kind of skipped over uh, laser disc in, in, in my household because I mean that that really was a far more expensive uh, ordeal than uh, than than um, than DVD eventually became, but. It was a it was a jump in quality. It was a jump in having those kind of uh, you know special features and things like that. So there was a reason to really kind of go. Oh, this is like it almost seemed archival in a way, to where it was right. something that wasn't like VHS, something that could wear out and something that could break down on you and degrade over time. Why is that a thing that is kind of kind of continued on within the VHS culture Why, as opposed to kind of. Shifting onto the DVD, other than the fact that the obvious, the easy answer is, is you know things that aren't available. But out, barring that, what kind of continues that um, that that resurgence on with which with VHS collectors?
1: Uh well, like I said, I know I know I can't speak for all of them. Uh, I can probably speak no, for you're me.
0: speaking for all of them right now. <laughs>
1: I'll try. <laughs> I can speak for at least a majority of them because some of them I don't some I don't necessarily understand myself as far as the and this is where it gets into the bandwagon jumping thing too. Like I mentioned earlier, there's some people that collect VHS don't even have a VCR anymore. They just collect it to have the box art or for whatever purpose. Uh, that, to me, is a bit ridiculous. I mean, I, I probably have about six or seven VHS decks at least. And, and I can, they're go-to's, you know. Like, I, yeah, one of them is going to go out at some point. I'm probably not going to worry about fixing it. I'm just going to, you know, go to my backup one. And I, I'll go to thrift stores. I'll get VHS decks whatever I need to get. But yeah, I do watch them. Uh, now I don't watch them to the extent of completely doing away with, say, DVDs or Blu-rays. Uh, you know, I'm, I buy DVDs still, Blu- Blu-rays too. Uh, I can definitely say that there's, I don't know, that I don't know if some people are deluded or what. You know, you got some people comparing VHS to sort of like the vinyl movement, right? There's mm-hmm. there's there's a legitimate argument for vinyl sounding better, warmer, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, than than CDs or MP3s or whatever. You know, you got You're compressing audio and it's going to sound good, but it's almost too clean in some aspects. You know, people don't mind the popping of vinyl and all this. So I can understand that argument for vinyl being better than CDs and MP3s or digital formats. But there's some people that compare VHS to vinyl as far as. VHS to DVD is finalist to CD, but not at all. You know, there's you're seriously deluded if you think that the quality of VHS is going to be better than DVD. It's never That's never going to be the case. I have
0: met those people, and they are the most insane. You're like, it is, and it is like arguing with a wall. And it's like, how on earth do you, you know, you know, think in your head that this is anywhere close. And there is like, and, and, and I completely agree. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who is a fan of vinyl and, and, yeah, and, 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 I hate, I hate the fake vinyl people as much as the fake VHS people. Right. <laughs> because the, you know, the people that go out and buy an album and God bless them for buying an album, that's all good. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like when you put your album on, uh, you know, one of those all in one bullcrap players, that just has like okay, it's got a tape deck in it, it's got a radio in it, and and a, and a record player in it, and it, it, through the tiny little tin speaker, it's like it sounds like shit. It's like you're really <laughs> kind of destroying the reason that you bought this album in the first place. Right. And I right. can sit people, I've sat people down, and I'm just like, let's put on a Chicago record. Now listen to this tell me this is like hearing this song for the first time. And if you've got a great sound system, people go, holy shit, this is something that I've never <laughs> experienced before. They're like, wow, there's like, there's horns and things that I wasn't hearing before. Where did all of this come from? And it's like, see, there is your difference. It's a huge difference. But there is that kind of uh, weird nostalgia for VHS things. And that's what kind of, it drives me more nuts than anything. And that's why outside of something that, you know, is going to be not very readily available on um. On DVD or Blu ray, you know, I'll look at a VHS, but by and large, it's like, you know, you still get back to the fact of with aspect ratios. That's the biggest thing. That's what kind of blew me away with DVD for the first time, where it was just like, it's something that I did not even really 100% know that I was missing at the time. It was very right. much a turning point in my, you know, movie watching life that was like, oh, this is wrong. I've been, we've been doing it wrong all right. along. And that oh, kind right, of light bulb that goes it, right? off. No, you don't even know. Right. It's like when you, you know, when I saw like Pulp Fiction for the first time, and the whole big, you know, where Jules pulls out the gun and shoots the guy on the couch. This kind of whip pan over, right? Right. And, you know, and like it always kind of looked cool, but it was just like, and then when you realize it's like, oh, that's not how it was it's at all. One shot. <laughs> it's just one static shot that stays there, yep. and like, and I think they work different for. I mean, I think both works in their own particular ways, but that's that's neither here nor there. But still, should have never. You know, stuff like that kind of blew my mind. And the fact that anybody can really, outside of the not being able to pick things up, the fact that anybody can really sort of debate how, you know, this is going to be a better format for X, Y, or Z reason, um, I, they're, they're delusional, I think.
1: <laughs> I can actually pinpoint, the, speaking about aspect ratios, I can pinpoint the first time that I became aware of, of that difference between, say, pan and scan and a full 16 by nine or whatever ratio picture Uh It was, with, and it was on DHS actually. It was back before DVDs had ever come out. I mean, Laser disc had been around. I had got into Laserdisc at that time. I did a little later on, but it was Star Trek four, the voyage home. They released a special edition DHS of it. That was letterbox. And before the, before the movie started, there was a little introduction about why they did it that way and everything. And they showed some scenes of, and it was a scene with a, Spock, Kirk, and uh, what's her name? Julian, the girl, the the, the so. whale, the whale lady.
0: <laughs> I hated I hated that one, so I I tried yeah. to put that one. as, just hey, we're trying to save the whale. <laughs> this is not what I want in my Star Trek. Thank you.
1: <laughs> but uh, but that that scene when they're in the pickup truck, in the pan and scan version, they're you know, they're panning. They're, there's a three way conversation between them. They're panning to pick up the faces of whoever's kind of talking, right? Yeah. And then in the letterbox, well, the, the regular letterbox version, whatever you want to call it. It's one shot, too. It's where you can see all three of them in the shot. They're just kind of turning and talking towards you. So that's the first time I became aware of, wow, where like they're they're totally editing these movies you know, to, to fit that aspect ratio for TV. Uh, re-editing it almost, like changing the way the director's vision or whatever. At that point, I became aware of it, and I did actually buy some more, and I forget what other movies came out with uh, letterboxes on, on VHS, but there was some. And then at that point, around 92, I bought a laser displayer and they laser discs were all about aspect ratio they yeah. were digital to, to a certain degree you know the picture quality was better i forget how many lines scan lines it was it was more than vhs so mm. you had a better quality picture and sound but it wasn't quite too digital uh so i bought one of those got in the whole surround sound thing back around that time too of course i was still buying vhs tapes, so i can i understand the 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 need for quality and for aspect ratio and all that too.
0: So. Yeah. That kind of, that was like the first time that I saw, uh, like, I guess they had a, a laser disc player in, uh, like middle school and they would show us mm-hmm. like, uh, like Oliver or whatever it was. And, okay. uh you know and uh, you know David lean film here or there what whatever it happened to be and uh it was one of those like oh okay wow this is very different this giant record size CD yeah that's uh, <laughs> that was always very humorous too that it was just like and we're gonna flip it halfway through the movie <laughs> which was always kind of and I, I love go back and listen to the original. I want to say it's uh, I want to say it's rats uh, commentary uh, oh, okay. where um, they recorded the D, the uh, the Laserdisc commentary just as kind of the mm-hmm. dawn of DVD and Kevin Smith saying "fuck DVD, <laughs> <laughs> Laserdisc is here to stay."
1: <laughs> and, oh
0: yeah, I remember that. I
1: remember when that came about too, and yeah, I knew it. I knew that writing was on the wall as soon as soon as they were able to put better quality than Laserdisc movies on a CD you know, something the size of a CD. That would be the end of laser disc, and, and you, you don't have, have to
0: flip way. it. Okay, done.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to flip it. Actually, in my laser display player, I had the laser. Now, this was maybe good, maybe bad. It was good at the time, but it was also a reason why it broke down sooner than maybe other laser disc players was. The laser would change sides. You know? Yeah, so yeah. As soon as the a side. You had a fancy one. Laser yeah, except that it broke. You know, after a few years after I had it, and the mechanism didn't work anymore.
0: Well, that that happened. That happened to some early DVD players too. So, a buddy of mine that I went to school with, Chris, like we were the only two people that had DVD players. I mean, we got. I mean, like DVDs. People don't even realize DVDs really didn't take off super big till around probably two thousand three, at right. the earliest is when they really started kind of kicking off. So, back in the you know late nineties, very early two thousands, we were like the only two kids in that that at least I knew in high school that had uh, that had a, a DVD player, and. Um, his his player would like we we would uh, he was like uh, he watches um he's like I got this DVD of Face Off and he'd get halfway through Face Off and it wouldn't play the rest of the movie. So, he brought his copy over to my house and we played it on mine, and like it wouldn't change over to the second layer on his DVD player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, all those du- dual layer discs, it would play all the way through the first layer, wouldn't play the second layer back. And I'm like, you got to get a new DVD player. And it was just like, holy shit, these are like $300 for these things, man. Now I got to go get another. It was so terrible.
1: Well, there's one argument right there for tapes, right? You don't have to worry about tapes getting scratched. You don't have to worry about the dual layer uh, like switching over. and. <laughs> So yeah, there's a uh, so there's people out there that argue that too, you know. But you know, don't come up with that. You, know. it, you don't it, have to worry about your and your tape will always be wherever you left it, you know. <laughs> wherever you stopped watching it, you started again. That that's
0: that that's that was always the kind of like uh, that 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 was a nice thing. That was like um, yeah. being able to <laughs> uh, pause your actual thing. But you know, there's there's good and bad with everything. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I always kind of I, I like that, and I I do. And and I think even like VHS stuff, you know, ended up kind of influencing movies. I want to think back to, um, and, and it caused some future DVD controversies. This is kind of a story that a lot of people, you know, kind of get mixed up a little bit on. And uh, I I want you to clarify any of this if I'm wrong because my I think I think you would probably know uh, this fairly well, but I'm I'm certain uh, this is based on the research that I've done and I've done some research. I mean, this is not just me pulling things out of my ass, which I right. tend to do more often than not. But nevertheless. <laughs> Um, So, for example, um, you know, when uh, Kubrick, the Kubrick's big collection came out on DVD, when the big giant box set for the first time, the big kind of blue and white box set that uh, came out from Warner Brothers with the little, uh, 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 what, from Sony for the other film that was in there? Anyways. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. um, So, but it came out from Warner Brothers, big giant box set and everything, and there was some controversy uh, because you see, at the beginning of of those of those DVDs, is that these are these movies are presented in full screen the way that Stanley Kubrick had originally, you know, intended them for to be seen. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when later renditions of those DVDs came out, and of course, Blu-rays themselves, uh, you know, there were some arguments amongst the actual you know video fans of you know they were taking you know this little quote that was of, in front of all of these uh, all of these DVDs as gospel as to hey you know kubrick wanted to, these to be seen in full screen but of course kubrick died what was it 97 98 somewhere yeah, in that neighborhood yeah right around that just yeah, before right that time. just before AI. the big dawn of of dvd before everyone had widescreen televisions in their house that are 60 inches and are you know uh, an inch and a half thick and are on everyone's walls nowadays yeah and they had four three televisions for everybody. So what happened was is you know he was so disgusted with the 4 three treatment with the and scan treatment that 2001 got he shot everything in super 35 open frame. So at that point he could frame everything for his open frame for for the uh, VHS release so he could actually make sure and say, hey, when this goes on to video, this is going to be framed like this. But Perfect. when it was shown theatrically, it was shown in its proper 16 nine you know aspect ratio. I'm sorry for the people that are so bored at this nerd stuff right now, but there's some people that dig it. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it, but it came out in that in the in 169 in the theater, which ultimately I believe is the way that the filmmaker intends for us to see things. I mean take things like uh the like the newest film uh you know that has that has some interesting aspect ratio things done to it it's uh Wes Anderson's Grand Budapest Hotel. First of all fantastic movie by the way everybody should see that. I think it's if it's not on DVD yet it's going to be coming soon. I'm going to wait though. I, Criterion's bound to be coming for that. So Oh
1: yeah, yeah they yeah will definitely put out. Watch Anderson's movies. So I'm I'm, criteria, w- I'm
0: <laughs> waiting for that. Uh, I already learned my lesson with the uh, last time with Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I'm like, crap, I gotta get it. So I'll uh, but I'll, I'll be waiting on that. But uh, you know, a great movie that has like a lot of varying different aspect ratios in it, and when you look at it, it's like this is what the filmmaker intended it to be. But ultimately, right. I think Kubrick wanted things to be seen in a widescreen aspect ratio, but that was not what was you know the case at the, at the time. And right. so we you know everybody took it as this needs to be in full screen. And there was a lot of just nerd rage going. No, it needs to be widescreen. No, it's, he intended these things to be full screen. And I just thought that was a really interesting kind of. Is, 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 does that kind of history uh, line up with what you know you remember? Yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: Definitely. All right. I know a lot of releases like The Shining too was right. I'll find an example of that. I remember the controversy over The Shining too, with the aspect ratio and everything. No video,
0: but you're like especially The Shining. I mean, you look at The Shining. In its 4-3 aspect ratio, it it's awful looking. I mean, the, yeah. the shots are so horribly composed, and when you you know the type of, you know, photographer that Kubrick is, to see something that looks that shabbily shot in 4-3, just, it looks awful. I mean, it's just like, yeah. this is a guy who I know, look back at his films, he has an eye. He's not, you know, he's not an amateur and just right. you put it in you put it in widescreen it's like oh this looks like it's supposed to look you put it in, in in the open frame not so much
1: it looks like a tv movie shot you know the framing yeah it
0: it looks awful there's so yeah. much space up and top and bottom and how anyone can sit there and look at that and just go this is what it's supposed to be are you blind and stupid <laughs> this is clearly not what it's supposed to be so i don't know but uh, I, yeah, so I guess we're just about uh, gonna wrap everything up. But uh, what's what's kind of uh, what's your what's your latest thing right now? What's what's the what's the thing that you are kind of digging on that uh, maybe people out there don't know about? Uh, I know I, can, the, I know yeah. I kind of just jumped you with that question. Oh uh, uh-huh.
1: You mean as far as in the VHS goes? Yeah, or anything. Well, you know, I think what well, thinking about the VHS market and everything right now, I think there's gonna be there's gonna be a point where like anything else bandwagon factor is going to kind of drop off you know that that popularity and quality or uh, that's going on right now with everybody kind of jumping on it is going to wane and then there'll be the people that are into it because you know they still like still like vhs you know for whatever reason uh for me it is a bit of a nostalgia factor not because of not for a nostalgia that i don't know anything about because right it's there at the time you know and so it's i was a the video store was a big part of my life back then so that's why I guess I still collect like VHS now. For that now, it's probably because I watch them. But I don't have any delusions about them being better than DVD, <laughs> or you know, comparing it to vinyl versus CD or anything like that. Uh, it's just a personal preference uh, for me. It's something I like, I, and like I don't even necessarily prefer. Well, I mean, I buy a lot of VHS. If I were to average it out, yeah, I buy a lot more movies on tape than I do on DVD. But they're cult classics, horror movies, and things like that. That's another thing. I mean, some people will uh, buy anything on. VHS, you know, whatever the, the latest movies that came out right before VHS was e- done away with. Yeah, it's like really uh, okay.
0: I, I don't want to get uh, a history of violence, which was the last VHS oh, yeah. movie released. I don't want to get a history of violence. I'm like, I own that on DVD, and that was like, I was already way, way, way deep into DVD at that point, and so it was just like, I'm like, I have like 300 DVDs right now. Is it? Why do? And they're like, this is the last VHS. I'm like, I'm, I've been off VHS forever. <laughs> How are you still on VHS? Ugh, okay, whatever. <laughs>
1: But yeah, there are some people out there that'll buy anything on VHS, whether it's new. I'm not so much into watching, say, Star Wars on VHS. I mean, you know, I think it's much enjoyed much better on Blu-ray
0: you know, with all the quality and everything that you can get out of that. Yes. And yes. And yes. And no. Now what I have uh, is the um, I bought it oh. just before the big thing came out. So I got like somebody did the kindly service of putting the uh, the widescreen um, uh, laser disc on to DVD, mm-hmm. burned it out and everything. It looks like I mean, it's not the most clear, crisp thing in the world, but it's the proper aspect ratio. It's anamorphic. And I, I couldn't be happier with that, <laughs> but the, but that was before like eBay really started to get down on kind of you know pirated yes. and secondary kind of stuff. I mean, I paid 50 oh, yeah. bucks for it and it was right before it actually came out on DVD for the first time and oh, I was okay. still just like, look, I I don't I don't care. Take my money. It doesn't have yeah. any of the special edition stuff in it.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I should have I should have prefaced that. Too but no, but you're right the, as, oh. as
0: far as quality though, they the, what they yeah. should be doing and and hopefully with, you know, the whole merger and Disney, Disney, I mean, like most giant companies doesn't like turning away money and uh putting out you know the original untouched trilogy would be printing money uh, for them that I, I hope they realize that <laughs> but uh yeah I mean but going through and actually you know some of those things need to be updated and kind of cleaned up cleared up and all that stuff but there's there is that kind of like that the horror stuff the genre stuff uh, there is a little bit about it that kind of uh that works that works on you know um on VHS more so than it would on DVD
1: true yeah because I, mean, I know we didn't talk about that yet, but there's some some movies where it almost looks different to me than maybe than what I remembered it as back then, watching it on tape. Uh, you know, a video store tape. You, somebody's already rented it two, three, four hundred times before you. Then ran through a lot of ECRs. It gets a little bit more degraded probably each time.
0: It's like basket cases supposed to look like garbage. Yeah,
1: should, yeah. It's like the, the the blood is supposed to look the way it looks on VHS. <laughs> when you clean it up for DVD, in some of these movies. It looks almost more. It looks more fake than what it looked like. <laughs> when you watched it on tape because it's, you know, it's pristine now, and you can see, quote unquote, you can see the zipper on the monster's back.
0: Yeah, like, exactly.
1: Because it's so high definition that you see the scenes. Uh, the special effects. You can kind of see that they're more so that they're special effects. And I remember as a kid, some of the stuff we'd watch, like some of the slasher movies, like Maniac. Uh, well, I know they have a remake of Maniac now,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but like the original Maniac or, or the Prowler and some of these movies. That were because they were on VHS and they had been low degraded from being watched a lot. It looked more realistic that way. You know? And there's a bit more of a taboo about it at the time, you know, like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching when it, you talk about the other movie. I mentioned make them die slowly, the Italian cannibal films and all the kind of extreme horror stuff. Uh, it does kind of look a little better to me on VHS it's just because I remember watching it that way, I guess, in the beginning. Yeah? I mean, maybe if I had never, you know, if I'd been really young and wasn't born during the VHS boom. And I only saw it on DVD, then maybe that would look better to me on DVD. But, I mean, like I said, it's not for every movie. It's mainly for the horror movies, the cult films, movies I, remember, I grew up on and remember watching and collecting all that back then. It's,
0: yeah, it's just it, – it's else. it's certainly something that is definitely of a time and place. And it, and it is like uh, – I mean – and like it or not and whether uh, certain people want to admit it or not there's just there is a nostalgia factor to it there is Mm -hmm. a kind of you know there is a throwback quality to things there is a kind of um retro retro quality (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's the the retrograded quality for sure (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no there is kind of uh you know it's like it's like i mean obviously you're not we're not going to be comparing it to the the quality of course of vinyl but there is that kind of like that retro thing of being able to sit down and pop a video into the player and be able to go through like that. Whereas, you know, albums are the same thing. You put them in the player, you put the drop the needle down and then you walk away. I mean, that's what's nice. It's like, you can really sit and enjoy albums that way. And, you know, I mean, how many times do you, you know, skip, you get a CD, you know, you're 15 seconds into a song, you're like, screw this. And you click over to the next track with, with, you know, vinyl, you're going to sit there and listen to it. And I think, uh, you know, in a lot of sense, uh, 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 you know, VHS can be kind of the exact same way. You sit down and, like, and what, and like you said, I, I think one of the neat parts about it too is that kind of like you're going to stay at the point that you ejected at. So whenever yeah. you stop, that's what you're going to be at. And so that's kind of a cool idea of being able to just maybe pop it in and, you know, immediately you're right at the exact same thing that you want to see or, you know, you, you or you haven't touched you know this weird labeled tape in a while, and who knows what's inside of it? You throw it in yeah. there, you know, and you oh my god, I can't believe we we've got you know the uh, you know the, the Ninja Turtles t- television special I taped you know in nineteen ninety two. Holy oh, yeah. crap, this is absolutely <laughs> awful, uh, but I, but you're not stopping watching it because it's because it's something that's you know unique and something that's different, something that you know you mm-hmm. don't find everywhere, and uh, I, I think that kind of stuff will always kind of be there for. For people that are older, but uh, yeah, it, it is. It's an interesting uh, kind of trend to see that sort of stuff happen. Uh, and like I said, who, who knows where it's going to go?
1: Yeah. Oh, and I know one other thing, too. We didn't touch, really touch on this. Or I didn't mention it or anything, but uh, thrift stores and flea markets. Oh, yeah. That's kind of where to go for uh, tapes now because, I mean, like, you know, with the big boom and everything in it, you go on eBay, you're going to pay – you're looking for a certain tape, especially the older, you know, horror movies and big boxes. You're going to pay – 30 40 50 60 even more depending on what the paper you go to a flea market you go to a thrift store you would find the same tape for a buck uh, so that's pretty much what I, I I'll I'll scour the thrift stores and get flea markets when I can for that type of stuff and you get some good stuff
0: yeah and and that also goes back to the same kind of kind of the vinyl thing is, is sort hmm. of the hunt yeah, You're same thing. I do that
1: too. I buy. I, I look for tapes. I look for. I look for DVD. I look for whatever. And when I go to a thrift store, I pretty much look for everything.
0: Yeah, you kind uh, of go through and just stuff. like, where's where's that hidden gem, that right. that one thing that we're either a always kind of looking for or b that thing we've never knew that we even wanted to begin with, and then it pops and just goes that oh yes 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 this is exactly right? yep. what I need. Yep. Yep, so, absolutely. and that stuff.
1: also kind of ties in with that the whole video store thing because there's not many. I mean, there are some video stores around still in certain areas, uh, but in most places, they're pretty much, they're done for. Right? Yeah. Uh, so to me, when I go to the thrift store and, and they have a big selection of tapes, it's almost like that, uh, sort of like that feeling I used to get when I was, you know, I go scour the video stores for hormones, only now I get to own it for a buck instead of renting <laughs> it for like two or three or four. <laughs> for,
0: for like five bucks for, yeah. for two days. <laughs> and oh. if you don't bring it back and you didn't rewind it, your SOL because... <laughs> we had some more food. yeah they they're they're all other place even like even small towns man so like my my parents a little small town in South Carolina i mean they held on like mom and pop video stores they had a couple of them there was uh one they had basically it was basically an in town chain they had like two or three oh, of yeah. them and then they kind of dwindled to two then to one and then to none and then blockbuster was around block they had a blockbuster up until like just last year not too awful long ago oh, yeah. and uh as much as you know, we all hate the machine of blockbuster and stuff. I gotta say, I was kind of like, it, it is like you know, because it's on the kind of the main drag there. I drive by and it is a little wispel of like, oh, there's no blockbuster. There's not even not not even the corporate machine of blockbuster anymore. Right. And there's something that's even a little bit sad about that yeah. because like yeah. I went into yeah. that blockbuster because blockbuster had like this was like pre Netflix. Blockbuster had a thing where it was just like it was thirty dollars, thirty days, thirty rentals. And so oh, yeah, I, I went that. I, I went in every single day. Like they didn't even have to ring my card anymore. I walked up and they punched in my name. They knew exactly what it was. Beep beep. There you go. Off you run. Yep. And uh the, the and it was so and I and I do have that nostalgia for the video store for sure because that was that one thing. Like you said you you do spend that time, but at the same time, you're walking out with something. You're walking out with something. You have something physical in your hand that you're gonna watch. You're gonna watch it and you're gonna watch it fairly soon, too. Right. You're not gonna sit there, you're not gonna wait on it or anything. You're gonna watch it fast because you don't want, you know, to have that late fear or anything. And I think now we're at a point where there's almost there's almost too much selection for us. You know, you get on Netflix and there's a billion things on there. And I, I don't know if if I'm the only person that's like this, I would surmise that I'm not. But you're flipping through and it's like how many there's so much stuff to choose out there. I can't choose anything, uh, and you don't end up watching anything. Cuz you're right. just kind of <laughs> flipping through. So I do that all yeah. the time where it's like, oh. I'm going to find something, you oh. want to find that perfect thing, and the perfect thing doesn't come up and it's just like, well, I've wasted a half hour. I'm just not going to watch anything. <laughs> so right. going to the movie store, having to make that choice, having to pick up that one tape and just go, this is what we've got. This is what I'm this is what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. and and having that sort of commitment i it's so sad that we don't have that anymore and so and that's why i like half the time with other people i'm like you just pick something you pick something because i'm not going to yeah. pick anything you know it's going to yeah. go around i don't care what we watch let's just watch something you pick it because i'll sit here and you know i can stand in front of you know six seven hundred dvds and just go god there's nothing to watch
1: yep. <laughs> hey, a- I your pain. Or you netflix, have a billion like things saying, to watch Sit there flipping through my netflix queue like yeah, you know, my Netflix queue is full. I can't even put anything else in it. I got to take
0: something out. That's, they're flipping through it. There's nothing here. I don't want to watch. It's like this. I don't I want mean, to I... watch any of this. <laughs> it's like I'm not really <laughs> yeah. in the mind frame to watch this right now. I will watch this later. It's like there's tons of stuff, and yet oh, yeah. we still don't put enough time into it. So uh, it's it's a fairly interesting thing. Well, man, it's been a fantastic time here, man, having you on the show and uh, kind of starting to kick off our sort of kind of interview rounds here and everything. Um, where can uh, people find some of your uh, stuff on the internet? I know you have a very popular uh, Instagram account.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Instagram account. It's at uh, BrainsmokeVHS, VHS, which is uh a little differently. It's at B R A I N S M O K E underscore VHS. So yeah, I'll post a lot of pictures there, and yeah, I'm guilty of fetishizing some VHS okay
0: well see in Uh, that but again that comes into the big thing it's like I think why why like your Instagram is as popular as it is is because there is like like I said there's that horror mentality there's that horror fan out there is like it's like that is my jam, dude. That's what I love. <laughs> that's right. Like that's yep. my that is my wheelhouse. That's where I'm at, and that's what I want to do. And so that's like you know, and hopefully that's what we're trying to do over here. Movie podcast is like let's be so specific that people gotta like go. Oh, this is exactly what I wanted. So, but yep. uh, anything else anywhere else people might kind of uh, point uh, to anything well, Facebook, on the internet.
1: Uh, I know I didn't even mention this name, but uh, kind of what I call it is like VHS splatter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's VHS. Platter, kind of VHS splatter, you know, or VHS splatter kind of forms VHS splatter when you look at it. <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of what I, I have like a, a Facebook page under that. So if you go to VHS splatter on Facebook, you'll find pictures, information on tapes and whatnot there. Uh, also have a blog too. It's, uh,
0: I'll go ahead and I'll try to put all those uh, notes and everything up in the uh, show notes at uh, on the on the website, thefilmfind.com. And uh, so check all that stuff out. And, uh, well, thanks for coming on the show, man. And uh, for everybody out there, thanks for listening. I, I kind of hope you uh, enjoyed this kind of uh, uh, delve into the kind of nerdiness. If you want to come on the show and talk about whatever kind of wacky thing that you're into, like I said, there's going to be somebody out there who's into everything. And you know, you have this one specific thing that you want to talk about. I want to talk to people uh, like, like I said, I, I have some other, you know, some directors and different other like writers and different people that have kind of, uh, you know, expressed some interest in coming on and, uh, do some, uh, do some interview type stuff, but I want to talk to everybody. I want to talk to, if if you have something that you're direly passionate about, please email me at the at gmail dot com and, uh, you know, let, let me know what you're into and, uh, we'll, we'll try to fit you in. I mean, as long as you're passionate and articulate and I, I, you know, I, I dig that and we'll, and we'll take an hour to sit and talk with me about, you know, whatever. I, I want to I want to hear uh, about people's kind of stuff it uh, it interests me and so uh, please do that the at gmail.com also go to thefilmfind.com. there you'll find the links to like us on Facebook uh, follow us on Twitter um, all that all the social media stuff that's out there uh, hopefully fairly soon I'm gonna be um, doing some videos again obviously October's coming up I kind of got short shrift uh, halfway last year with uh, I wanted to do 30 days of Halloween horror but uh, a copyright issue when I did the fly came up. And uh, they like held my video for like two days while the copyright uh, bullcrap was going on. And so they wouldn't release it. <laughs> and they were like, hey, no, this is. I'm like, no, it's a review. This is clearly just. A, I'm not, you know, but I would take video from it. And they were like, well, and everybody was like, oh, just dumb it down. I'm like, I don't want to dumb it down. I want to make it really good. <laughs> but uh, I may pick that up and maybe even. Because God knows that's a lot of work to go through and you know edit all those things down and capture all the video and do all that stuff it's a lot of hard work but uh, uh, I'm, I might be doing that because uh, I enjoyed doing it and uh, there were some of the more successful things but anyways go to go to the filmfind.com you'll find all the links for all that fun stuff on there please uh, drop us a review on iTunes A review on iTunes is gonna help this podcast get out and reach more people just like you who enjoy thoughtful movie discussion about all of this kind of stuff uh, also, please, like I said, uh, the reason that this podcast hasn't been going on as much lately is because we have the other podcast, podcast Hero Movie Podcast, Hero Movie Podcast um. We're blowing up, man. Like I said, August is huge. We just did our Guardians this week. We're doing Ninja Turtles. Two weeks later, whatever we're doing, uh, Sim City, Sin City: A Dame to Kill For. So, uh, and then we're going to get into a whole bunch of retro reviews. We already did uh, uh, the, you know, the classic Superman, and uh, we're also we did the not so classic uh, Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, it's fun to at least hear us rip that movie a new one. So, uh, check that out. Um, HeroMoviePodcast dot facebook page is blowing up baby we got i mean we we, we went from 37 to 200 some odd likes in uh, a couple of days so uh things are starting to kick off and uh hopefully uh people are digging it hope you digging it and uh hope you like this so uh come back next time i don't i hopefully it's not going to be the kind of giant riff that we had between this episode and the last episode but uh we'll uh we'll work on it from there and uh for uh brian smoke i'm adam Portress. take it easy everybody almost ready